everybody. Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. With you is me, of course, JP, as always, and joining us, the tenacious one, Mr. Nick Martin. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, JP? We are gravy, just hanging out in my multi-million dollar beach house, you know, as always. Nice. I'm <laughs> hanging out in my humble six-bedroom home. <laughs> <laughs> joining us today on the podcast, a very special guest, an amazing guy. He is not only a stand-up comedian, a writer, a producer, one hell of a model American. He is most importantly a dad. Welcome to the dad cast, Mr. Steve Trevino. How you doing, fellas? I, I got to say, Nick looks like a Marine veteran. Are you a veteran? I am not, unfortunately. You just, you just, you just look. The I've got the, I've got the look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I can play one on TV. No problem. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, no, I'm, look, I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. And, and when we're, when we're having topics about, you know, being a dad and, and you know, I get excited about it anyway. So. Good. Well, we've got one hour to fill. Now, uh, I got a disclaimer here. I tell all my guests this. Obviously, Dad Cast, the premise is we talk about our journey and fatherhood and about our kids and all things that go along with that. Now, occasionally, and by occasionally, I mean every single episode, we do tend to go off the rails. So just be forewarned. And, you know, we'll talk about your life and, and the, you know, your journey as a comedian and, and your rise, which we want to get some tips, by the way in social media and it's just going to be good stuff. So as a prerequisite, see the green streets freaking out now for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. There goes the, there goes, it's all fake. It's all <laughs> fake. You guys, I don't live in yeah, a million dollar now. beach house. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> um, we have to ask you the question right off the bat, man. Are you a dad? I am a dad. And, and I just became a dad for the second time. Um, four months ago. <laughs> and dude, you know, they, they always say like, you know, oh, you know, once you have a second kid, it's easy. You've already been through it. Nah. No, it's been one of the <laughs> it's been one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through because, well, and my baby ended up with with colic and it was and I don't know if either one of you have dealt with colicky babies, but it was a nightmare. And, and it's almost unexplainable to somebody unless they've been through it. Oh, yeah, because. Man, I mean, you've got this baby that you're madly in love with. It's my first daughter. I wanted a mm. daughter, but she is uncomfortable 24 hours a day, seven days a week. She's screaming her head off and only mommy can console her. Right. So, you know, as a dad, I'm just kind of, and my wife's like, well, do you want to try to take her? And I do. And then she's screaming her head off and I mean, you just don't know what to do. So, you know, I'm a dad for the second time, but, but it's, it's, completely different yeah you got every it. kid you log in it's crazy yeah just ask nick he's got 337 kids jesus dude i'm the mexican <laughs> <laughs> he you know and, and it's tough i know you know i i have a son and a daughter as well and when they're little like that I had the same scenario where mom was the only one who could comfort as a baby you just got to take solace in the fact that they are going to get older and then it's going to be daddy's girl, man. Trust me on that. We just got to get through that oh, all dude, times I'm, as a baby. I'm already, I'm already working on it, man. And and, and there's something different. There's a, you know, I, I always use my, you know, my dad was a huge influence in my life. And, you know, my dad, you know, he came up to me, he goes, you have to have a daughter. And I go, okay. I mean, yeah, sure. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, it's different. And I go, oh, okay, it's different. He goes, let me explain to you. Cause I have two sisters. My dad goes, look, man, I like you. I love my daughters. He goes, at the end of the day, if shit goes bad for you, you're on your own. <laughs> he goes, but if shit goes bad for my daughters, they always have a home here at my house. And I, and I was like, wow, you know, and, and, I, and I understand that now I'm, I'm definitely much different with my son. I'm harder on my son. I'm more aggressive with my son, you know, and, and with my daughter, it's like, whatever, whatever you want, you know, whatever. What well, do you want to do? She's also you know? four months old, you know, so give it some time on that. <laughs> exactly. Of course, right now, just a little pocket of joy, cryness and some poops and diapers yeah. here and there. But yeah, I mean, I get it too. And son, when you go back to watch this, uh, this podcast, he's right. Steve ain't kidding. I'm harder on you. It's because you're a man, you're a son. And if you're wondering why I'm better off with, you know, on your sister, well, that's why it's because she's a girl. Sorry. This is how it works. 
Exactly. Well, you look at it, and then and then going back to my dad, right? You know, my dad goes, "Look, I'm hard on you because I'm I'm trying to show you how to be a man." He goes, and then my daughters, I'm trying to teach them how a man should treat them. Right. You know, so it's freaking complicated, man. Because I know exactly how to raise my son. I know exactly what to do and how to do it. With my daughter, there's a lot of confusion as to, you know, I want her to be confident and smart, but I also want her to be beautiful. What's the line, right? I want her to be assertive, but not a bitch. I want, you know, like, like there, there's, there's really definitely uh, a lot more to think about when you're raising a daughter. Well, you got some time uh, to learn all that, man. And just ask Nick, wait it never stops. till they turn <laughs> 15, 16. Oh my oh. God. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're your best friend until about their 13. Then all of a sudden you don't know anything and you're the, you're the devil. And then, and you're like, oh no, what happened? Where'd my buddy go? Yeah, where's where's my homie at? Right? Yeah, exactly. You just got to get through that. So much? Yeah, get through that. <laughs> About 19, 19, 20 years old. Uh, I, I guess that's what I'm hearing. I'm seeing from my friends. Mine is 16, and currently, you know, I, like she says, I don't know anything. They, she hates me, and mm-hmm. occasionally, if she's hungry or needs something, then she's nice. But other yeah, than that, yeah, you know, yeah. like, wait a minute, you're being nice because you want something. Uh huh. Yeah. What's so what? You 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 need something. <laughs> so how how old is your son, Steve? Uh, my son is five and a half, and uh, man, I, I you know I I could not have asked for a better son. I mean, the the kid is is very easygoing. You know, he's almost a an old soul. He's highly competitive, uh, very hardworking. He's a smart kid. You know, I enforce very strictly yes sirs and no sirs and yes ma'ams and no ma'ams and. You know, for the most part, you know, he's a he's a very good kid. And, you know, I'm not opposed to the idea of spanking a kid. Um, I just never have had to with my son, Garrett. I mean, he's. You know, I, I spend a lot of time talking to him. We have long conversations at night. You know, when I put him to bed, I don't read bedtime stories. We we talk about uh, what it takes to be a good man. And, and we're constantly reviewing, you know, what it is to be a good man. And, and he just. He gets it, man. And, and it's just, we have a really special bond and, and we play ball every single day. And, you know, I, I miss him immensely when I'm on the road. Yeah. That was, that's actually leading into another one of my questions later. How is that? It's tough. I know when I'll, you know, we'll take a weekend trip without the kids. And before we leave the day leading up to it, it's, it's excitement. I'm five minutes on the road or 10 minutes on that airplane. This sucks. I miss him. And there's also the worry. I I like being in control and you can control your children and all that unknown when you're not there. That's, that's difficult. I can only imagine uh, with you, you go out what weeks, months at a time. Well, usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm, all right. I'm working very hard to, to minimize my, my uh, you know, we got rid of the Sunday shows because I wanted to be home by Sunday. You know, I'm, I'm hoping to move to theaters, which, you know, COVID kind of stopped that. So you know, once we move to theaters, you know, everything I do now is is family in mind, kids in mind. Right. So if I can get to the point where I'm traveling Friday and Saturday and it's only two days that make my life a lot easier. But, you know, this week, for example, I leave on Thursday. I don't come back till Sunday. But a lot of times I travel with my family, you know, and is there an extra expense? Yes. Is there some times where I regret it, where I'm like, oh, Jesus, I just want to sleep. But at the end of the day, if I could just be with my family, I mean, it's hard, man. And if I didn't have the dad I had or I have, you know, my dad was very, hey, man, when you got to work, you got to work. And yep. that's just part of life. And he put that in my head very young. And, and he goes, part of being a good dad is being able to sacrifice and work hard. You know, so I, I chalk it up as, hey, I'm sacrificing right now and I'm working hard. And, and hopefully I can put myself in an easier position to be home with my, my kids and my family. And again, it's the control thing, right? It's, it's, and my wife's like, Oh my God, when you leave, your son is a different kid. And, and I, <laughs> yeah. and I hate to hear that, you know, I don't want to hear that my son is like the way he is with me and then different with her, you know? So I, I just wish that I could be around more. And it, it really is one of the hardest things, but you know, my son also needs to see and realize that, Hey man, it's part of life, dude. I got to go to work. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, and, and, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm blessed to make a lot of money when I leave and provide a lot more than the guy that works for a state farm and has to travel. Yeah. That mm-hmm. poor you Jake. Oh, 
Yeah, poor Jake. That's a, that's a big thing for me too. It's like I want my kids to see you know you work your ass off, you can get awesome things, you dedicate yourself, do the right thing, and just and focus instead of oh you know don't settle for that nine to five and getting by. Just go big or go home. It's kind of my philosophy and teaching my kids that, and my especially my older kids and seeing what they're doing with their lives now is really cool. So yeah, you know, and and for me, you know, I'm the only one in my neighborhood that does my own yard and my own landscaping. Um, but I do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I enjoy it. Uh, number two, there's a, a beginning, a middle and an end. And that feels good when you're in my business to actually start something and see it finish. Yeah. And the other reason is, is I want my son to be out there working with me and seeing me constantly working with my hands and, and actually doing physical labor. And I make him come out there with me. And, you know, I tell him, hey, buddy, we got to work before we can play. You know, and it's been it's been really cool that the neighbor kids will, will, will see him out there working with me. And the neighbor kids are like, hey, Garrett, you want to come play? And Garrett will tell him, I got to work, guys, before. I play. <laughs> That's awesome. I could have sworn I could have sworn there was going to be a four in there and a Mexican joke somewhere. I, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is kind of, you know, I, I'm always trying to stay away from the stereotype. But when I'm the one with the freaking leaf blower in the yard all the time, it really doesn't help. <laughs> Uh, I have a deal with my son. He's 10 when he can start. Cause he, he, we do the same thing. We go out and he wants to help. He wants to help when we do the lawn and you know, I'll start the lawnmower up and I'll let him go at it. And you know, my perfect straight lines are now they're all yeah, on this, course. you know, but my deal with him, he can mow the lawn when he can start the lawnmower on his own. And he did it for the first time last week. Awesome. So, so he's now, officially able to mow the lawn by himself but guess what now he doesn't want to do it yeah you're like, wait a minute <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. there's Fortnite. there's friends there's bikes there's neighborhoods there's all these distractions but you know again yeah. you got to instill that hard work that ethic in them my father did the same thing and i'm just blessed that i had a father who is you know part of our life you know a lot of kids out there don't get that that's why i applaud no, you man, man. that is you know, and, and my dad, you know, pipe fitter, welder, my dad could come home every day, look at me in the face and go, I work hard and I could see it. Right. The man was sweating. He worked outside. He he was tired. He was beat down from working in the refinery. And he could tell me I work hard. And I always thought to myself, I'm going to look at my kid and go, hey, I work hard for all this. He's going to be like, really, dude, with your dick jokes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Standing on stage talking. Yeah, you work hard. It's a different <laughs> so, type of hard. Right. But for a five-year-old, right. he doesn't understand the sacrifice. He doesn't understand the nights that I spent sleeping in the Walmart parking lot with no money trying to make that next gig. Right. He didn't, he just lives in this house that we live in now and that's freaking normal to him. Mm-hmm. And this house is a dream come true for me. So how do, how do we accomplish drive and hunger and want into my son? Right. Those are the challenges that I'm having right now. Oh, Nick, I'm sorry. I thought you had something there for a second. No, I was trying to sorry, fix it. There's a, and, and, and the thing is, is once that challenge is answered, if you figure it out, there's 14 more right around the corner because every, you know, you're, you're a young dad, you know, five and a half years, you got a brand new baby. By the way, you know, I did the, the deep dive on the Wikipedia, so I know how old you are. Yeah, You're, yeah. you're kind of <laughs> like me when, and Nick, we are, older skewing fathers. So I started out young and then started again, but you're still older skewing my friend. And the lessons keep coming. Oh, he, what were you thinking? Oh, you ready for this bombshell, Steve? Uh, We we talk about this, but he's got a baby who is almost a year old and they're in the middle of uh, what Nick IVF. We're, uh, we're going for uh, round two. So, yeah, we're we, we're gonna <laughs> we're transferring wow. the rest of the the embryos that we have. So we're hoping for two or three this time. And uh, I know, no. So I got I got remarried. My wife didn't have any kids, and I was all done. My youngest at the time was fourteen. So I was like, you know, I'm fixed. I'm done. And she convinced me otherwise, and so I got unfixed. Unfixed. And. We had a baby, took us a lot of IVF, a lot of, a lot of struggles to get the baby. So, but you know, we have an awesome little boy. He spent the first three months of his life in the NICU with some health issues, but 
we made it through that. So this is a really scary just from what happened the first time and hoping that it takes and that, you know, everything kind of goes through and we're kind of documenting it on social media just in it. So it's a really weird kind of thing to, you know, we're, have everybody in the world see what's going on and you know if it doesn't work well, i mean look I'm, I'm i'm glad you're talking about it my my special my life in quarantine you know i talk about our miscarriage i talk about our struggles with trying to get pregnant you know and 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 now you know as you know having this baby that you you truly work so hard and so emotionally the things you went through there's just another another level of appreciation with yeah. our new baby as well you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's yeah, it's it's definitely different than my other kids. It's uh, he's he's definitely I don't want to say more special, but but he he's he's definitely special. So it's well, I mean, the best thing about being an older dad is we have money. Exactly, responsibility, <laughs> money. We know what the hell we're doing. So yeah, yeah well, I definitely have more patience, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, not, I definitely. Not <laughs> yeah, I'm not winging it. I I definitely have a better idea of of what it does take to be a man because. I don't right. think I became a man until my late thirties, to be honest with you. <laughs> I know I'm not calling my mom every five minutes asking, how do I change the diaper? Yeah. Like, what, what, what do we do here? What does this monster eat? <laughs> what well, do, do we've got Google for that now, guys. Yeah. Google and, and YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I've been, you know, I don't, I don't feel old. You know, I, uh, I, I work very hard in the gym and, and I work very hard uh, every day. And, and I know there's guys my age that are, literally becoming grandparents and and but i look at those guys and i'm like maybe having kids later has also kept me young but i I look some of my friends from high school and i'm like what happened to you right (laughs) i I agree we're in the same i'm actually the oldest out of all you guys and and call me crazy but this complexion is beautiful i'll also dye my beard (laughs) but uh yeah i i see I have friends who I graduated with who are now two, three time grandpas at this point. And right. it's just, and they just, they look much older. I don't know what happened yes. during that path or what they've done, but man, I'm just glad we're not there yet. We'll get there. You know, I, I mean, I feel great, you know, and, and, you know, I think because I have younger kids, you know, people will come up to me and go, Oh, you know, you, and I mean, I'm lucky too. My wife is seven years younger than me. So that's nice. Right. But yeah. so she's on track, right? She's having kids when right. when all her friends mm-hmm. are having kids, right? Well, all her sensible friends are having kids. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and I grew up in a small town in Texas where, you know, you're 28 years old and everybody thinks you're a weirdo because you don't have kids. Yeah, that's well, Southern California, man. We got we got you know? late. Late start. I see Bill Murray in the background, man. We have something in common. I've got a hand-painted Bill Murray over my bed in my bedroom, too. Is that awkward? Is that weird? No, I think it's great. (laughs) Bill Murray is... uh, Everybody should have a hand-painted Bill Murray. Yeah, but is that a Chive-inspired Bill Murray? You know, somebody gave it to me as a a gift at a show. I I went on stage, and somebody asked me who who I thought was one of the greatest comedic minds of all time, and, and I said Bill Murray, and they came back to the next show the next day and gave me that. Ah, um, that's awesome. So yeah, it was freaking awesome, and and I just like the way Bill Murray is so un Hollywood. You know, I yeah, I hate Hollywood. I'm I'm not about that Hollywood lifestyle or the Hollywood world. Which which by the way, you know, it's another reason when I had kids, me coming back to Texas was very important. You know, I saw that in Los Angeles, uh, you know, comedians and musicians and and actors they lived in this little bubble of of Hollywood that just, it wasn't for me when it came to raising kids. So that's another reason I love Bill Murray. The guy doesn't even have an agent or a manager. You know, yeah. you got to find him on the golf course. If you want to talk to him, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> There's your next mission, JP. Oh, are you <laughs> yeah. kidding? That would be the ultimate. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't say the ultimate unicorn, but that is an absolute yeah. unicorn to get Bill Murray on Dadcast. That would be, that would be pretty impressive. Well, you know, neck. he does a, you know, he does a golf tournament, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Every single year. Dude, every year he does a golf tournament. I have several friends that do it and they're like, man, Bill's hanging out. Bill's walking around and he's at dinner with you guys. And I mean, I'm like, man, that might be something I'd be willing to do if I didn't have to work every weekend. But can you golf? I do golf. Yeah. When you have a last name like Trevino. <laughs> yeah, <right>. uh, <laughs> 
Trevino. When, See, there it is. There's you got that little going on in the yeah, name. Trevino. And I'm no. like, I didn't want to f up the whole pronunciation when I introduced you. Trevino. Uh, I'm, I'm, Trevino. I, I, people screw up my name all the time, and I'm not one of these like, excuse me, you know. <laughs> the man, like, what is the male equivalent of the Karen these days? Is it Brad? I feel like it's Brad. I it was Kyle. Kyle. Isn't it Kyle? Uh, Kyle. Karen. I guess it's got to be a K, right? Oh, it better I not think be it's Kim. Kyle and 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 the, it's the Monster Energy drinks, right? Mm-hmm. And and the the tribal tattoo. <laughs> Nick, you got <laughs> any tribal and, tattoos? I do. No tribal for me. I I, I do have the uh, the American flag uh, on my heart, which is uh, very important to me. Um, you know, my father was a Vietnam vet, which you know, by the way, man, like I tell people all the time, is my father's my hero, and and I, I always talk so great about him but you know what i saw what he went through with with his ptsd which he's still dealing with today you know those are the things that i hope to to fix with my son right yeah you know my dad was a great father but had he not had ptsd and freaking lose his mind occasionally he would have been an amazing father you know but at the same time i don't i don't you know, I look at those moments that he had that, that were not happy moments for us, but I forgive him, you know, and I realized that, hey, man, you know, he was doing the best he could as a dad. And I think a lot of guys, they get in their 40s and they're still holding on to some dad bullshit that, hey, man, you're a grown man. Get over it. Right. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't have any of that. I, I'm one of the lucky ones, I I think. He was, he was there. He worked hard. I mean, he was there in the sense that when he was there, he was there, but the man worked, you know, 60 hours a week to support, you know, he's a single dad for many of there's four of us for a while, then got married to my stepmom when I was a young kid and which helped out a lot, but you know, he was always there, which, and worked hard, which reflected on me. And I'm now reflect. I say a lot. If I do half the job, my dad did for myself and my siblings, uh, or if I do half the job, my dad did, I'm going to be just fine. And my kids are going to turn out real, real good. So bless them. That's awesome. And it's funny, man. I get messages on Facebook or Instagram or where, you know, I, I always thought, okay, I talk about marriage on stage. I talk about being a dad. I talk about, you know, grown up things. I'm like, man, there's no way 17 and 18 year old kids find me anywhere funny. Right. Well, I've gone viral on TikTok, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how many of these young kids are like, I wish you were my dad. <laughs> like I don't have a dad, but I wish you were my dad. And I'm like, holy moly! Like, yeah, you know, I don't even know how to handle. I don't. What do you say? Right? Like, I wish I was your dad too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry it didn't work out the way it's been. And you know, just take that as a major, major compliment. And That's huge, yeah. yeah, and and know that that right there, if anything, is one of the best signs to show you that what you are doing is correct, man. So or even better. I could be like, Hey, send me a picture of your mom and I'll decide. If I want to <laughs> How's the wife going to feel no. about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Your mom's not going to cut it, buddy. We can't. <laughs> yeah. We can. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is it that you went from, and I don't want to say obscurity, but, to a little bit of better than that to the heights you have now on social media. I mean, you, I, I we've done the deep dive. I know I'm going to got to ask a question for the viewers who check out the podcast, who are not aware of who Steve Trafino is. And you got to that point yourself. I want to hear a little bit of that story, man. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I found out very quickly that, that Hollywood was not the scene for me, even though I had moved out there. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't really have anything in common with most comedians. Um, I wasn't able to make friends very well with other comedians. I mean, I'm over there with my cowboy boots, my pocket knife. You know, I, I grew up in a town of, of 2000 people. I, I grew up hunting and fishing and, and drinking beers in the, in a, in a barn, you know, um, and, and I just found myself not really, but I also knew that I had to be in Hollywood and I had to find out if I was good enough. Mm-hmm. And I started going up at the comedy store and, and 
really honing in on being a stand-up comedian and the social side of the, of being a comedian, I was not very good at. And that means that, you know, I had no interest in hanging out at the comedy store till four in the morning. I had no interest in being best friends with the comics that were there. I had no, I had no interest in, in trying to find an agent or a manager. And I, I, I quickly realized that if I'm not going to play that game, then I have to take a very blue collar approach to my standup. So once I got my first special and on Showtime, I said, okay, well, you know, why did I, why did I do it this way? I got paid a, a very small amount of money and they own it. Showtime decided to only air it in May because I'm Mexican and only air it for Cinco de Mayo. Right. And I took it, I took everything into my own hands and I realized that on social media, I can go talk to the people that are like me, Yeah, you know, the, the, the everyday man and woman, the guy that, the guy that wakes up every day and tries to be a better man today than he was yesterday. And I, and I told my wife, I said, we're not going to ask for Netflix to give us a special. We're not going to ask for HBO or Showtime. We're just going to do it. I'm already selling some tickets. Let's film this thing. So we did. We put it on Netflix. Netflix bought it. And when I tell you nothing happened, nothing happened. My wife and I had $400 in our bank account together. We spent every penny that we had ever saved on this thing. And me and the wife were like, oh, shit. But I knew it was good. Right. And I said, okay, how do I, how do I run my own commercials? So I, I told buddy of mine, I go, hey, man, make a clip and put the punchline over the clip. And the first one we did was the one about me in Vegas, which a lot of people love and, and my wife having to come out and, and get me. And my buddy who was on the road with me at the time, he goes, it's too long. He goes, three, three minutes, three, three minutes and 36, too long. And I go, yeah, but it's working. We got a hundred thousand views and I added 3000 fans. The next one we put out is the shopping one where my wife um, comes home from shopping. I had never experienced anything like that. I've never seen anything like that with anybody else. It went viral in a way that was, I mean, let me put it you this way. Every time I would scroll up to refresh, people were coming in by the thousands. Oh. Uh, when you got on Facebook and you scrolled down, my video was on 98% of everybody's page. And it was, it was something that, I, I mean, it was overwhelming. I mean, I was getting people from Singapore, Australia, and we went from 10,000 social media fans on Facebook. And in one day we had 300,000 <laughs> in one day. And you hear that, so Nick? I, I you hear that? Them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we, were, we were excited about our 36,000. Now I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now I got to so, do something funny. <laughs> well, no, you know what? I, I called the, I used to do, you know, uh, a Wednesday night headlining spot in Brea, California. And the manager and I were friends and, and he'd always call me up and go, hey, I need you to come to Brea for me on a Wednesday. It was great for me because it paid me $350 for a Wednesday. And I called him up and I said, hey, man, are you willing to give me a Wednesday? And he goes, the usual 350 bucks. And I go, no. I go, how about you give me the door? And he goes, Trevino, man. He goes, I'm just letting you know, you don't sell tickets. He goes, last time you were here, you sold 15 tickets. And I go, I understand. I just want to see what happens. We sold out that show in less than 30 minutes. Now, was this after that viral clip? After that viral okay, clip. Yeah, okay. And I never, ever, I haven't not sold out a show since. And, and yeah, and I got, we ended up adding a show that night. And I, you know, I don't want to talk about the amount of money that I was paid, but the, the place seats 300 people times $25 a ticket times 90% of the door times two, right. you know, on a Wednesday <laughs> and it, it changed our lives. And, and that's when I, that was the moment for me that I go, I control everything. I control what I do. I control who, who I market to, who I advertise to. And, and my mindset has since then, I don't, I don't play the Hollywood game. I don't wait for Hollywood to tell me whether I'm good enough to have a special or not. 
Because at the end of the day, if I film a special and I can just put it on YouTube, if I'm good, people are going to find it. Yeah, people are going to check it out. And obviously you you are good enough. We don't need Hollywood telling us or dictating any of that. So that's bravo, man. That is a great, great story. Congratulations. Well, and and you also have to realize, man, let me put something into perspective for you. As a Mexican-American, the odds of me making it are, are literally almost impossible. So just to give you an example, every audition I ever got sent on, they wanted me to speak Spanish or they wanted an accent. Almost 99% of the auditions that I went on, they wanted an accent and they wanted me to speak Spanish. I would walk into these auditions and they would look at me and go, you're not what we're looking for. Right? Right. So there's that. Then I got in this business in 1999. In 1999, only two Latino Americans have had an HBO special at this point, two. In all of the history of HBO, in all of the history of stand-up, only two. Both of those comedians are from Los Angeles. Both of those comedians come from immigrant parents. Both of those comedians were on welfare. So when I got in the business, no Mexican-American, no Latino had even had a TV show. Freddie Prinze had one. He died. George Lopez had not even had his own TV show when I got into the business. You know, so I got tired of the idea that everything has to have an accent. I turned down parts because they would say, oh, well, you know, you're Valet Parker number two, or we need a gardener here. You know, we need this and we need that. And and I go, no, I'm not going to play that game. I'm very American. I'm proud of my roots, but my parents worked hard. We were never on welfare. And because I don't, I don't fit your, your, your stereotype. Right then I'll go do this on my own. I'll go show America a Mexican-American like me, my wife, my family, you know? And and here's what's crazy. Since the two that were on HBO, there's only been two more. Wow. And that was 23 years ago. And what's crazy about the two more, they both have, they have immigrant parents. They both talk about being on welfare. They, it, 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 it's a very... They're, they're, they're obviously looking for yeah. a certain thing. And, and when I realized that I don't want to be that thing, I'm going to have to do this on my own. And, and, you know, I always say, man, if I have my faith, my fans and my family, I, I don't need anything else. Well, there you go, man. And you've obviously done it. Yeah. That is, it, that is, that is a <laughs> testament. That is, by the way, yeah. not to like it, tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo, man. That's, that's, Happy Cinco de Mayo and happy May the 4th if you're a Star Wars guy, man. It's May yeah, the 4th dude, day uh, with you. <laughs> All right. There it is. We're, we're, we're in my studio and my wife had to had to set it up for Cinco de Mayo. Uh, there's a piñata behind me. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Nice. <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to. I make a mean carne asada taco, street taco. I ain't going to lie. I, I Authentic as it comes. And I can't well, look, decide dude, if I'm going to make I those. I say that the, the, some of the best Mexican Mexican food in the country is in San Diego, California. Oh yeah, uh, and and Texas. You know, San Diego, they got their own thing going on, and it, they're no slouch, man. It's pretty awesome. Oh, I looking forward. But, but, but dude, JP, yeah, you, you know how many you know how many times I do a radio interview? How many times? Intro me to to mariachi music. Really? All the time. <laughs> I, I, that's okay. Now, listen, here's a little you can tell by the shirt, man. I've been working in radio for 20 years. That thought, that idea right there, the fact that you just that kind of pisses me off. Um, I wouldn't, it's, I wouldn't, I, th- that thought wouldn't even cross my mind. I mean, honestly, if you were coming on my radio show, not this podcast, a if that thought entered my mind immediately, and this is just me, man, but I would think that would be offensive. Like, well, you know, and at well, least let's cover it with your guest prior to him coming on to make sure that that's cool with him. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, and, and of course, look, man, I don't take any offense to it. I think it's funny. But I mean, of course, now when I do radio interviews, I'm lucky enough that they know who I am. They know what I right. do. But early on, you know, they would go, oh, we've got Steve Trevino and man, we've got a surprise for him. Let's make him feel comfortable, you know. Oh, but that that's <laughs> oh, not the way to do no. it. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. Um, but it's funny to me, and and I I learned very quickly because of my work ethic, because of my dad, it, that 
hey, man, I'll outwork everybody. And, and I'll put it out there on my own. And if I can make a living, I don't need to make the money I'm making today. If I can make a living, put a roof over my family's head, telling jokes, I'm very happy. Yeah, right. And that's, you know, we're doing okay. At least, you know, my family, I, I, I'm not going to speak for Nick, even though I know you guys are doing all right. But, you know, for the work I do now. <laughs> well, when, you got nine, when you got nine kids and you still have memorabilia behind you. <laughs> He's doing okay, right? Yeah. I, you yeah, know, that when, means he doesn't have to go to the pawn shop. That is the no, ultimate. I've got, I've got some cool friends. That's, a, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> that's the ultimate goal, too, for me, you know comfortability if i can provide a roof over the head and they're fed every single night and i can continue that until they're you know adults and ready to leave the nest which at this rate they may be doing that at 25 26 which i'm cool with mind you the longer they're around the better but you know i'm not looking to get rich or famous off of this podcast if it provides a little bit more comfortability and a little bit bigger house okay so be it but again i'm not you know, I'm not in it to get rich at all. I'm in well, and, and, it to to let everyone know that Steve Trevino and Randy Couture and all these other celebrity dads that we interview are just like Nick and I. They're normal guys well, and, trying to kick ass for their family. And, and bottom line, man, I, I don't sleep and I choose not to. You know, <laughs> yeah. I I, I, I want to be present. You know, when I'm when I'm home, the, the TV's not on. Um, I, I always say this. I, I always my, my philosophy is: What did I do today to make my life better for tomorrow? And if that means that I sat on the couch all day and watched TV or or a game, I didn't do anything to improve my life. You know, so every day I wake up, I get my son ready, we eat breakfast together, I take him to school. Me, I take him to school. I come home, I work on the house, work on projects, work on work. And then when he gets home, it's father-son time, baseball time, hangout time. You know, he's in jujitsu. We're going to jujitsu. You know, I, I choose not to sleep because I know that, that life is fragile and, and life is, is goes by fast. Yeah, it does. I, for one, used to really enjoy my sleep, but I do find myself again. I am, I am up late and early, early riser, whether I want to or not. It's just bink. Inner alarm clock. I, I have, if not like Nick, I though. Have ne- I have never said this publicly. Oh, boy. Ever, but I, I've, I've become a little more confident. I, I practice self-hypnosis. And self-hypnosis for me has been unbelievable. You know, and, and people come to me all the time and they go, I don't know where you get the energy. I don't know where you find the time to do everything that you do. And it's all self-hypnosis. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's documented. In fact, on my radio show, a few years back, uh, Tom Silver. I don't know if you heard that name, but he is one of the most famous uh, hypnotists that there ever has been. He, he's been on, I mean, he, he's been on Montel Williams back in the day and all these kind of shows, you know, Entertainment Tonight. He's just, he, he was the, the hypnosis to the stars back in the 80s and 90s. And he came in and we talked about that. And, you know, a lot of people have a misconception about hypnosis. You know, you're not going to be, Yes, sure. We'll make you bark like a dog yeah, and run not, around naked. You're not yeah, walking around like a zombie. Right. right. It's it's more of you know putting your mind on that right path to whatever it is you're looking to ultimate goal. So yeah, man, good good on you. That's if it helps and it works for you. I was personally told by him that I had a mind that wasn't susceptible to hypnosis, probably because I fought it too much. Hi, darling. A lady just peeked her head in the door. Well, of course she did. <laughs> You want to come say hi to Steve? No, thanks. She hates the camera. Okay. Yeah. She's like, no, nope, I'm good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it works wonders for me. And, and you know, I, I tell myself tomorrow we're going to wake up with a good attitude. We're going to be positive. We're going to be the best husband, the best father we can be. We're going to be productive. We, you know, and, and it, it works. You know, I, I wake up and I'm, I'm ready to roll, man. You know, and people freak out. They go, how do you, how do you, you know, cause I am on the road Friday I leave, I leave the last possible flight Thursday or Friday so that I can have the morning with my son and I get to my shows. I do my shows. And then Saturday I don't sleep at all because I'm on the first flight home Sunday. Yeah. And I, I choose to be, you know, and, and I don't get any sleep, but I get home Sunday and I got to reset my schedule anyway to going, going to bed before midnight. 
instead of, you know, Saturday, two shows. And I'm not in bed by two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's well, you got an ethic, man. And your dad, from what it sounds like after talking to you, kind of pounded at India, which will go on to your son, which is it's, it's amazing. That's it's the way to do it. How do you find time to even do a podcast, though? Speaking yeah. of. Uh, same thing, man. We just, always find time to, to make it happen and, and, and try to, well, and we also, you know, during quarantine, my wife and I wanted to do something and to be honest with you, and, and I, I'm sure you guys feel the same way where we fell in love with podcasting. Yeah. You know, we look, we look forward to it. And, and sometimes before the podcast, I'm like, Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta do this podcast. But while I'm in it, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm enjoying having this conversation uh, with my wife. And to be honest with you, it is an hour out of our week that my wife and I actually get to sit down and have a conversation. Now is your podcast, so, is it all, is it just you and the wife every single week or do you have a guest on or just me and the wife? And, and we're, we're hoping to get um, other married couples in our business uh, whether it's our business or the music business or other people that have a, a similar situation, talk to them, but you know, it's a weekly chronicle of, our life. You ready? Couple cast. <laughs> Couple cast. That way, you know, and if you were going to do a dad podcast, what should we call it? Uh, dad cast. Dad cast. <laughs> We've been trying to convince but, our, our ladies to, because you know, this thing's blowing up something fierce and I'm always look, well, Nick more than me, but he's, he's like 87 steps ahead and I'm like 40. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, let's get the girls to do a mom cast, you know, we yes. look with this umbrella and this empire will rule the world. And, uh, right. But, yeah, but I mean, but the they're fact not that into you guys it. Do, you know, you, you look at my father, for example, who my dad's father was not a very good father. You know, my father-in-law, his father was not a very good father, but somehow these men became very, very good men. They broke the mold. You know, and, yeah. They broke the mold and, and, you know, it, it, my grandfather was an alcoholic and my my father-in-law's dad was a gambler alcoholic. And here you have these two men and, and you know, we, we have to realize that and we have to look at our dads and, and forgive them for their faults and understand that, hey, dude, this guy did a pretty damn good job with nobody. And that's why I think your podcast is so valuable is that if I do want to be a better man and I don't know how to be a dad because you didn't see one. You get on these podcasts and you go, oh, man, I like what Steve said there. Right. I, I I heard what JP said or, you know, and I think it's valuable and it's important. I think that's why you guys are very successful. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you for the teaser clip right there. <laughs> yeah, <I'm a> pro. <laughs> well, you know, and, and this started just like you during the pandemic. Nick reached out to me. Yeah. We we've had a relationship uh, business wise in the past with me working in radio and him doing concert promotions. And he said, hey, you want to do a podcast, that thing we've been talking about? And I said, absolutely, why not? You know, I've yeah, already, I've got four other jobs, but let's throw five in there. Let's, let's you know, yeah. let's throw some more work on my plate. I'm in, let's do it, yes. And it has just snowballed into, wait, we should do all dads, and then it celebrity dads, and then forget the term celebrity, oh. sports, movie stars, you know, any, anywhere, sure. comedians, and uh, it yeah, is so we have an agent. We have managers. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's, but it's great. And, and I also yeah. think that, you know, I, I tell you all the time, I always write from the emotion of things. Right. My stand up comes from heart first, not funny first. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important to me that my stand up has heart. And if it doesn't have heart, I don't want to tell the story. You well, know, it makes it much more relatable, that, right? You know, to, to man, it makes it more relatable, but it's just like the dad cast, right? When, when it's so specific to, Hey, we're talking to other dads and their life and what they go through, man. It, it's, you know, when I, when they, when I was pitched, Hey, you want to do the dad cast? Just the name alone goes, yeah, I would love to talk about being a dad. Yeah. The crazy thing about that, the night before your PR people reached out to me, I was watching your comedy on YouTube, working on Dadcast. <laughs> I had my I had my baby, and he's just like he's giggling at some of the stuff you said. My wife came in, she's like, "Oh my god, this guy is hilarious!" I'm like, "It's so funny. It'd be so cool to get him on Dadcast." And then next morning, I get an email from Taylor, and she's like, "Hey, you want to have Steve on Dadcast?" I'm like, 
yeah that's awesome how did that happen did you discover us did they and they reached out to you and it just snowballed into you being here today i never reached i love that story yeah that's great well you know for me you know when i when i talk to my my publicity people they have learned that i don't do things that are off brand Mm -hmm. you know and and i want to always stay within brand you know and and me being a family man me being a dad me being a husband if it's in that brand and then, you know, Kelly hits me up and says, Hey, there's this dad cast. You should check it out. And I go, that's my brand. Let's go do that. And also, and I mean, no offense to you guys, but you guys look like average dudes. Well, you know, that's not offensive in any way. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it didn't feel, you know, what you guys do doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't feel, you know, and, and I think that people are at the point now with social media where they can see through the bullshit man. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. if you're trying to be a internet sensation, it's obvious. You know, if you're trying to go viral, it's obvious. But if you're just being genuine and, and yourself, you know, I, I, you know, it's funny. They go, man, Steve, wouldn't you love to do the Tonight Show? And I'm like, well, my Facebook page has better ratings than the Tonight Show. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that's funny that that we had a local yeah. uh, a local television show or a local the local, the local affiliate, I won't name which one Fox, but, uh, they, <laughs> they, uh, they wanted, they saw what was happening with, with Dadcast, and they wanted a meeting and they actually brought the owner into this meeting, which is very rare. Cause I work in media here in the area and radio for the last 20 years. So I knew that if they're bringing him in, they are very interested in something anyway, long story short, they pitched this, this blah, 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 blah. And they wanted us to pay them. And I, you know, we, thanks for the meeting. Thanks for the lunch. Appreciate it. And we chatted a little bit later. We looked up their info and I says, they have, we have 400% more Facebook likes, Instagram, you know, the whole social media, they should be paying us. What, right. do you, what, 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 yeah. what, what, no, we've, we've outgrown them. And, you know, we called, they weren't upset or anything about it. And if you're watching this podcast, we love you guys, but it was, uh, it, it, you know what I mean? It, it didn't benefit us. It would only benefit well, I mean, them. It, Why would we pay you? <laughs> you know, it, you know how many times I get fans go, Steve, how do you not have a sitcom? And I go, would I love to have a sitcom? Yes. I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't want a sitcom, but at this point, who's watching TV? Number right? one, number yeah. two, unless you're going to give me a series order and you want me to come to LA to film a pilot, I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm making, you know, I do better at my, in my own house, in my own studio, doing my own thing without spending three months creating a show that you're going to give me a million notes on that I'm probably not going to agree with to then give me a pilot. That's not going to get picked up. I'm not going to waste my time going through your system, which by the way, now that the train is moving, you want to get on board. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And another thing you get to be at home with your kids, man, come on, green screen, freaking out. A million yeah, dollars no, studio. Percent. I, I, I get to be at home now. You know, the, the big issue we just had me and my wife is my wife desperately wanted to go on a vacation because she needed time away from the house and from the kids. And I understand that. However, my idea of being on vacation is being home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. You want me to get on a plane and go stay in a nice hotel? I do that shit every week. Right. <laughs> but she does. I want to be home. Right. So we have to have that compromise, you know? So where's uh where's one, if you top of your head, one city you have not performed in one city, like, like, like major been. suburb. If there is one major city, you haven't anywhere in the world. Uh, and one, the world, you know, I, I've, I've done most of my touring uh, in the United States. Um, I've done some stuff with um, the USO where I've gone overseas, but you know, Toronto is is one of my top markets that I haven't had a chance to go to. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Toronto, Canada, Ontario, Canada. Uh, these are some really big cities in our part of the world that that I haven't done. But I've been to all fifty states. I've been to almost every major city in every single state. I've been te- I've been touring for on the road for twenty years, and literally uh, almost fifty weeks a year. Well, there you have the past it. Past twenty years. Toronto is your vacation spot. You've never been there. Yes. The lady 
It's a vacation. Just don't go in the winter, man. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, I don't think I could do uh, <laughs> uh, Canada in the winter, man. I'm a, I'm a flip flops and shorts guy. Yeah, but. so am I. And then you'll be in from Texas and all. Which now yeah. I, I was want to see this. You mentioned earlier about the not being lazy and always go 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 and not sitting on the couch and watching a game. Are you telling me you never take the time out of your time to enjoy sports? Are you not a sports guy, or are you? No, I'm definitely a sports guy. I, I love watching um, sports. I've become like my dad, where I'm like, I just want to see a good game, right? You know. Um, but you know, when I'm winding down in the evening, I'm you know really my son has really taken a liking to, to baseball. So lately in the evening time, we sit down and we watch a couple of innings with him. Um, and then and then football season. I love football season, mainly college sports. Yeah. Uh, the Aggies are my team. Uh, and I'll take time on a Saturday. And usually for me, I'm on the road Saturday. So that Saturday, I can go, okay, I'm not at home. I'm on the road. I right. just did two shows Friday night. Man, I just want to go watch a game. And, and that's when I'll, I'll watch a game. But and I don't know about you guys, but I'm so lucky that my wife has, she's expected so much of me and it's annoying at the same time. It's made me a better man. And several, several years ago, my wife goes, you watch football on Thursday night. <laughs> then you watch football all day, Saturday. Then you watch football all day, Sunday. Then Monday you watch football again. She goes, you're missing life. Only September through December. It's yeah. <laughs> but, but, I, but it, you know, it, it made me go, you know what? You're right. What am I doing? Right. You know, why am I, why am I spending these hours and hours and hours of my life watching sports when I can be playing sports with my kids? There you go. Now the compromise yeah. I made with that argument right there. Now, thankfully for me, my lady, she's, She's an avid sports girl, okay? I mean, every single Dodger game that happened last year during the pandemic, she watched. Granted, it was a shortened season, but every single one. And so far this year, she's keeping up real well, which makes me happy. But when it comes to the whole football thing, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday nights, I've now tried my best, and I did it last season for the first time. I only limit my football intake to my team's game once a week. So there's three hours on either a Thursday, sometimes a Saturday, Sunday, or a Monday night. And that's pretty much it. The rest, I could just check in on the phone. Did they win? Did they lose? Et cetera, et cetera. And right. that- Our catch up on Sports Center. Or yeah, whatever. right. Everyone's asleep, you know, turn on when I'm attempting to go to bed, which never happens. But, uh, you know, so that way you still get all that time, especially on Sundays with the kids. Well, and, and it's funny because I, I get dads all the time come up to me and they say, you know, because I'm also the little league coach. Um, and these dads come up to me and go, man, your son is so good at baseball. What are you doing? And, and I, I don't want to sound like a dick, but I'm like, I play with him. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I don't coach him. Right. We, we just play ball every yeah, day. No, that's, that's 90% of it, man. Just like being there and playing with them, just showing them. Repetitiveness, and, and man. I'm kind, of a, I'm kind of an emotional guy too. And oh, I get a little man. Up, and I'm like, man, am I playing ball with my son? Like, are, are we throwing a catch? Right you, now? Are you, you know? We want to have a catch, Dad. <laughs> I can't wait for my ten-month-old to our eleven-month-old now to be old enough to throw a ball and understand. And just get a Nerf one right now. Blink right the forehead. Get him taught quick. Well, and, and, and I, I, I do that. I feel bad when he falls backwards. Though. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, but that's the catch. I start playing with my kid. He just gets the game. I don't. I don't yeah. coach him. He, he just gets it. You know, and, and right now he's in um, jujitsu and he loves it. Nice. And I would, I would like to coach him in jujitsu. So for the past six months, almost a year, uh, eight months, I've been doing personal jujitsu lessons here at my house. Um, and not because I want a belt or I want to kick ass or anything like that. I, I, I want to be able to also coach my son. And, and you know, at the, at the dojo that he's at, if you get to a certain level, they let you teach the kids. Very cool. So I, I just want to be more involved. And if, and if yeah. training with this jujitsu coach uh, is going to help me be more involved with my son, that's the plan. Dude, mm -hmm. Steve, you are a stand up dad, man. That is, yeah. you know, that's, that's what we're looking for in this podcast. You know, more of yeah, this, you, you know, too. that's like, as they get older, I have a 22 year old that's in the army and he always tells me, dad, 
I remember when I was five and you were playing catch with me with a football. So it's like, it's cool that they remember that stuff. They don't remember the times they got in trouble or whatever. They remember you took the time out of your day to play catch. You took the time out of your busy day to, to, to do something with me. You took me on a bike ride or whatever. That's, that's really well, cool. Well, and, and, and psychologically, and, and, you know, you're, you're, you're praising me for being a good dad. And now you're going to be like, wait a minute, you're a manipulator. <laughs> All right. So, what I did was I, 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 I got very excited from a very young age to play ball with my son. So when my son would bring me a ball, I would get really big and really happy and really excited so that my son associates. And I also told myself, if my son brings me a ball, I'll stop whatever I'm doing and play with him. Right. So I, I trained my son to know that if he brings me like right now, when he gets home, he brings me the bucket of balls. Mm-hmm. Right. And I might be working in the yard. I might be, you know, doing something. And he knows that if he brings that bucket of balls to me, I'm stopping what I'm doing and we're going to go play ball. You uh, know, just wait until and, and I do that. On, I did it on purpose. Just wait until baby girl brings the nail polish, man. You got to do <laughs> <Well>, the same. <laughs> or the credit card. <laughs> it's going to so happen. Gonna the tea set, the, the yeah, dolls. I'm getting my peaky out. I'm getting my peaky finger <laughs> ready for that. But, but I'll tell you what, you know, you, you, you're only four months in with a daughter it's it's the greatest thing in the world being a father to a daughter and mm-hmm. it, it is it, again so much different than the son but it is you'll see man it is it is the heart explodes and and it's just i am so scared of when my oldest 16 gets to a little bit older and starts to leave and when my littlest my baby girl she's 10 or she's seven almost eight when she gets to that point when you know, there's boyfriends involved. Oh, I just, it's, but, but being a, being a dad is literally one of those things that I don't even want to talk to people that don't have kids. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that weird? They don't get it. No. And they never will. No. Until they have kids. Right. You know, I I mean, I had friends that were like, Oh man, my kid's so great. And I love my kid. And I'm just like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, oh, your your brain is going to change. The way that you think is going to change, and you go, how can my brain change? You know, and it, and it did. It, it it definitely the way that I think now versus the way I did did before my kid is completely different. I mean, everything has them in mind. Yeah, everything. If, if you don't know, you don't know, and you don't know until you know. And it's, yeah. Crazy stuff, man. Dude, I think you just I think you just wrote a rap song. <laughs> DJ I'm, JP. If you don't yeah, know, you don't know. Bro, that's the hook. <laughs> I'm gonna veto that idea. You're gonna veto it. Come <laughs> yeah, on, man. Nope. If Steve's nope, on nope. board, if Steve is on board, I think we're on to something here. I give you the street cred because I'm Mexican. You're good. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go, stereotyping yourself again, man. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mr. Trevino, our hour is up. Can you believe that? That's awesome. I, I have some questions for Nick. Nick, wh- where do you promote shows? Uh, Grants Pass, Medford, Bend, Portland, Eugene, Oregon, all over. Oh, wow. Good for you, man. Yeah, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, and, and I say a friend because we spend a lot of time together, and his name is slipping my head right now. He's with the Velocity Outdoors, um, and he's out there in, in Oregon as well. But I need to get back to Oregon and, and do some shows, man. I did Portland before the shutdown, and it went I'd very well to Southern Oregon. I think you'd kill it here. You know what? I, know I, don't, kill it. I don't know if we have a big enough place for it, but I think it would be awesome. Nick has the Let's, people and the venues that once yeah. they open up, they just closed us down again um, yeah. for in inside. And look, look at this. You see that bad boy? That is my oh, vaccination card. I'm getting second shot today <laughs> as soon as we leave. So pray for me. Nick, dude, I make my I make my wife get the Johnson and Johnson shot. Oh no! That day, that day they made the announcement. Right? <laughs> no. And I was supposed to get it the next day, and my wife's just like, "I hate you! I freaking hate you right now." <laughs> but Nick, uh, but you know, you, you, he can you arrange it, man. You know, who, you know who lives in Oregon? That's freaking amazingly hilarious. Uh, Bob Marley. Where's the punchline? That's it. His name is Bob Marley. Okay, but look look up like, Bob Marley. Like, Bob Marley's you, dead, man. This is a different Bob Marley. No, this is a white Bob Marley. Okay. Those jokes. 
Well, we'll, we'll check him out, man. Gabriel Iglesias, because he actually lives up in Roseburg. Fluffy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah he's got a house known. up in Roseburg. He rents out the bowling alley up there like once a month. No, he's a very he's, he's a very town. sweet guy. Gabriel's yeah. a very sweet sweet guy. He's a very nice guy, and and I always wish him the best. But um, you know, he's one of those acts that he's like me. He's just an anomaly. Where did he come from? You know, and I mean, there's another good example of what we were talking about. Kevin Hart sells out arenas for two years, becomes the biggest star in Hollywood. Gabriel yeah. Iglesias, Gabriel Iglesias has been selling out arenas for Forever. fifteen for fifteen yeah. years, uh-huh. and he just now got a TV show last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've met him just, a couple times. He's, he's that one ain't of the right, man. Ever met. Well, it's just it's unreal. Yeah, I unreal. say we bring Steve to Southern Oregon and fill up the Lithia Amphitheater, man. So do you have a, do you have a manager we go through or do we go through you or? Yeah. You know what? Uh, is this, are we still recording? Cause I was going to give you my phone number. Okay. <laughs> Hold on then. Let me, let me, let me dial this thing. All right. So there you have it, everybody on behalf in a quick end, a, a quick end on behalf of myself, JP and Nick Martin. It has been an absolute pleasure and honor and just a really, really good time chatting with you, Steve. Uh, it, you, you, you are the epitome of the perfect guest and the perfect dad and who, and, I, and I'm not just buttering your, buttering your bread, man. I mean it. It is, it is, you're a great dad and more of you is what I think society needs for everyone and all the children out there. So thank you for appearing on Dadcast. We appreciate it. And everyone else, man, we will see you next week.